It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Well, hello and good day. It's another wonderful episode coming at you. This is Doc Rob, your Concierge for Better Living, here on CannabisRadio.com and iHeartRadio. It's been a lovely day. We've started the new year. Lots of exciting things happening. And of course, those in cannabis are always wondering about what's the latest and greatest rules, laws, regulatory, etc. Normally, we talk about health and wellness. We talk about cannabis as medicine, which we, which we always still do. But in today's show, I have a wonderful guest. I really appreciate him taking his busy, busy schedule and finding some time to talk with us today. My friend, Bob Hoban, attorney extraordinaire in the cannabis space, I would say globally, right, buddy? All around the world. How are you doing today? <laughs> That's right, Doug Rob. Great to talk with you. Thanks for having me. Things are going really well today. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on the show. I think... Um, timing and the universe has brought us together we've been talking about getting on the show and we've crossed paths over and over at different trade shows and different conferences and um i mean you're always working you're always grinding uh for those that don't know my listeners uh how about giving them a little bit of uh, uh what is uh hoban law all about the hoban law group what what you're doing as far as cannabis give them the three thirty thousand uh, viewpoint if you can yeah absolutely so so the hoban law group is uh is formed in 2009, in Denver, Colorado, uh, originally as Hoban and Fiola, and uh, we won a case on December 30th of 2009. In that case, uh, it was the first case in U.S. history where a municipality was told by a court that they couldn't shut down a marijuana dispensary on the alleged basis of federal illegality, meaning you couldn't say that it was federally illegal, a controlled substance, and shut them down. We won that case, and we had about a dozen clients in the marijuana or cannabis space prior to that. And after that, um, uh, that's what our entire firm became cannabis-centric. And when I talk about cannabis, I'm talking about the hemp industry and the marijuana industry. And we've since grown to 17 states and uh, 40 attorneys. And uh, we do work around the globe on marijuana and hemp policy. So uh, that's a little bit of background on us, and it's good to be here. I love it. You know, I'm down right now in... Uh Boca Raton, Florida. I see you have an office, some relationships down here. It's just about everywhere we go, you guys are taking over. But everything that I hear and everything from the industry is just not just about selling service. It's you're a true advocate. You you fight for the for the cannabis plant, and I love how you phrase that uh, specifically um, as cannabis as our whole, delineating between hemp business or hemp related. Uh, uh, industry versus what we would call marijuana. Uh, I, I don't really know if there's another term, that, but we need to find one still to work on the THC, more medical aspect of that plant, part of the cannabis plant versus the hemp and all the other uses, industrial or otherwise. But I'm glad you definitely delineate that. I, it's always been a struggle when someone says hemp or cannabis, and I'm like, you're, you're not speaking the right uh, language there. No, that's correct. And, and yeah, I, I take it a step further and say, we need to look at the plant itself and say, you know, that's why I call it the cannabis industry. The cannabis plant really is three industries. It's industrial, it's nutraceutical, and it's pharmaceutical. And 
all of the operations that are that are legal, at least in the states, fall under one of those three categories. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm a big fan. Obviously, my background's 15 plus years in nutraceutical natural products, and I look at cannabis similar to echinacea or you know turmeric or any of the other wonderful plants given us by nature. And I'm obviously concerned at some of the isolation, synthesizing, patent driving business in the pharmaceutical category, although I do see a place for it. There is an application for it, of course, but it's tough when you get that industry trying to push out the nutraceutical one a little bit out of the way. That's where I kind of get a little bit, hey guys, there's enough room in the sandbox for everybody, but um, I know you deal with this on a regular basis. And one area that's always wondering is, you know, hemp as far as an edible specifically the hemp protein or hemp seed oil that's already been in the health food industry for many years. And now you have other parts of the plant, but it's still hemp or hemp being used in food. And then it's pretty much what, how they label it or how they describe their product or how it's put to market as, as important as what's in it itself. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the FDA, the food and drug administration and how it treats products, it really has to fall into one of those categories under the FDA you have a situation where you really have to pick your category. Are you a dietary supplement? Are you a, nutri- uh, a nutritional product? Uh, in other words, a food product. Are you a cosmetic? Are you a drug? Uh, what is your product? And you really need to be careful because certain rules uh, govern all of the, 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 those, those different categories. Now, I believe, and the industry has firmly put itself where a lot of the hemp extracts uh, that are cannabis rich, they fall under the nutraceuticals or the dietary supplements world. And there's reasons for that because um, that's different than the food world. Supplements and food are governed by different standards. And that's why you, you have some confusion out there. And frankly, that's also why you have pushback from the federal government as to what it can be and what it can't be. And they're trying to push it out of both of those categories. Oh yeah, totally. And you know, and this is what I specialize in also. And you know, with my company uh, Beyond Brands, we have a cannabis uh, focus to our business. And some of these guidelines, basically, we, we come from the food and beverage and nutraceutical and some pharma backgrounds. But again, it's always wise to have legal counsel. And and I know you guys have been doing great, you know, support advising some of these clients and some of these upstart companies and how to let's say stay out of trouble. Maybe not run the perfect ship because there may be some gray areas still. Like, for example, product grown in Colorado, can we sell it out of state You know, as a finished good? You'll have a lot of fighting and battling about who's right or wrong on that topic. I'm sure you deal with that quite regularly, too. Correct. Uh, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the industry is not a perfect industry, but uh, the players that are operating in that industry are doing things very, very well, and uh, they comply. The successful operators are the ones that are complying with as many of the regulations as possible. And I would note, even if even if the FDA doesn't come out and say, we're going to regulate you, you should still adopt their standards as your business practices. And that's really the difference between a successful company and one who's not going to be around very long. I see. I, I love that. We, we speak the same language. When I go into a potential client, and I've said this before, I walk in and ask the manufacturer, can you produce an adverse effects report log? And if they look at me like they have no idea what I'm saying, that's usually a pretty good answer because one of the most basic FDA-type requirements is to maintain a report of anything that 
any customer that called you or anyone that said this they got sick or a stomach ache or anything bad happened. It could be something minor, but they need to keep that record. And you know, that's again, those that are just doing that voluntarily or without being told to or forced to, those are the companies that I actually recommend to other people saying, look, these guys are trying. They may not have it perfect, but they're making the effort to do everything as possible according to the book and guidelines. They're going to be more successful than the ones winging it right now. And I know you know. And, yeah, and, and, and we're, we're in a fortunate position, you know, having, having been around this industry, uh, you know, in, for, for the last seven to nine years, which, you know, in terms of industry experience that's you know they, they like to say one year in in cannabis is equivalent to 10 years and uh you know almost like dog years and, and we've been involved in this industry for a long time but but your point is 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 spot on in that respect it's the folks that understand that it's about compliance and for our law firm we take a checklist when people come in the door and we make sure that they've considered corporate governance organization you know, regulatory compliance, whether that's a marijuana business at the state and local level or, you know, a, a hemp business that needs to comply with FDA and, and things like that. So really, it, it comes down to where are your soft spots? How can we make you a better company, which in turn makes the industry better? Because if we all uh, operate on a high level and take ourselves seriously and operate professionally, then, then, then there's more of a chance for all of us to succeed. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that's important. We've dealt with that in the nutraceutical industry. We're still dealing with that on a regular basis uh, as far as good manufacturing practices. And I've just been enjoying seeing a lot of that crossover of this natural products, nutraceutical world into the cannabis space to try to provide some expertise in manufacturing, in regulatory compliance, and all these different ones. And even labeling and packaging design. It's it's not just like sticking your name on a box and trying to sell it if you want to stay in business. So a lot of interesting topics. I know you guys have been pretty busy. We're going to take a quick break. I have a few more questions uh, of, of the legal nature while I have you, but don't go anywhere. Anywhere, We're going to be right back. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living on CannabisRadio.com and iHeartRadio. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends, Identify and compare your top products and categories and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants... 
healthy people. SandSalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Wow. You know, we're getting a lot of information here. I'm sure people have a lot of questions. And, you know, you do a lot of public speaking. And, and by you, I'm referring to my wonderful guest today, Bob Hoban, attorney extraordinaire in the cannabis space. You're also a professor. You know, how, does that, how do you find time for that, first of all? But, you know, what, what does that do or what's that meaning for you, uh, you know, working on the university level at this point, especially in Colorado? Well, I had an opportunity back in 2011 to join the University of Denver uh, in their Law and Society program to begin looking at cannabis policy. And uh, it's been, created a great opportunity for me where I've had a number of students that I've been able to both teach about this industry, open their eyes. I'd say nine out of 10, if not 99 out of 100 of our students that come into the University of Denver that start looking at cannabis policy, they have no idea that this industry has, is as sophisticated, as well-developed, and as diverse as it really is. It's not just a bunch of people growing marijuana in their basements, like I think a lot of mainstream society might think. So we've been able to educate those folks, give them opportunities, and, uh, and frankly, a lot of them work in the cannabis space now with very, very well-paid jobs. So it presented an opportunity. We do a lot of research. We, do, uh, we have a number of publications that examine cannabis policy, uh, not the least of which is my Make America Hemp Again five-page uh, uh, policy for federal um, reformation of cannabis policy for the Trump administration, uh, which, which we hope and uh, and believe will will uh, will be looked at very very closely. That would would be wonderful. I mean, I know there's a whole big education curve for a lot of people. I mean, uh, it, this is part of the process. I, I tell people I remember introducing probiotics 15 years ago and around the country, different stores and health food stores, and it was it was a new language, and that was just you know, minuscule compared to the conversation and the different components related to cannabis and cannabinoids and, and laws and terpenes and delivery systems, you name it. And then you have to deal with the, is this treating a specific disease or can this be used therapeutically just to improve optimal functioning and quality of life? So preventative versus reactive. So it's, it's, it's totally dynamic. And I love programs. More and more schools and programs are being developed for cannabis education. You know, that's been a topic that's been really coming up a lot, specifically around uh, the medical marijuana dispensaries uh, around the country and how well-trained are the uh, dispensary agents, the bud tenders that you, you know, if you call them, how, how qualified are they to even recommend products in the store? I'm sure you probably had this uh, question come up pretty often too, right? Yeah. You know, think about it this way. Uh, people that cut your hair, people that do your nails, 
in some states, interior designers. These are all regulated professions where you have to demonstrate some competence in order to go in and do those jobs. Uh, well, think about it this way. The bud tenders, the people that dispense cannabis and frankly advise people on how to use cannabis and what they should use for different medical conditions, these folks have to go through a background check and have to get licensed, but there's no competency standard. So that's a big hole. And, and part of the problem there, too, is even when cannabinoids and endocannabinoid system science is mainstream in America with our medical schools, which is coming, but maybe not right around the corner, even when that happens, the doctors are not the ones that are going to interface with the patients on how to use medicinal cannabis. It comes down to that person at the supply store, at the at the bud tender. So the bud tenders needs to be, need to be educated, and they got to be educated in such a way that doesn't cross the line between giving medical advice. So it's a it's a complex area, and it but it certainly requires some attention because uh, who knows what you're going to be told. And frankly, I bet you if you went to three different stores, you'd get three different answers. And, and this is really really important to me. I, I've been looking at this more and more lately, and I'm starting to work in a couple different states as far as you know, manuals for medical directors, you know, for, for dispensaries and agents and so forth, but I don't think that's enough. So now it's like, well, what other programs can we organize? And I'll definitely talk to you more offline about that, what you recommend currently on the marketplace. But I think that's really important for me. You know, I used to go to health food stores, whole food markets and different health food stores, big chains like that all around the country. And here I am training as a doctor, store employees about certain health products or ingredients. But at the end of the day, they're really not qualified uh, to, to recommend specific products for specific customer needs. That's more like treating and diagnosing. And I've always had this concern, which is why I've stopped doing that, going store to store, training employees. Now we're looking for ways to educate consumers or patients directly, you know, take that middleman out of the picture or have that middleman or be qualified, trained, certified of some level of competence. I think this is a real big uh, task that we have to look at as this industry grows, but a very important one. I've seen the effects happen in the health food store, which are probably less significant or could be less impactful uh, than, you know, misusing cannabis in that regard. So, well, um, well think, think, think about how important that is too, because if you look at it, look at the fact that if, if I, I'm asked all the time and, and I'm just, a, I'm an attorney, I'm not a medical professional. And they say, you know, my son has ADHD or, or my, my wife has this condition. Um, I've seen a study. How do I use cannabis for this particular condition? And, you know, you go look at that study and the study says, yeah, cannabis was used and it was proven to be effective for, for example, ADHD. But that doesn't say anywhere in the study how much they should use, what kind they should use, how they should ingest it. Um, so there's, there's a big hole that's missing. And I don't believe that those are physicians that are going to fill that hole. And there's, there's a company in Colorado, which is not the only one, but they're a good model. It's called the Tricome Institute, a guy named Max Montrose. And Max does a pretty good job and has put together a textbook and materials. But there's other folks that are doing that as well. And that's really what's needed. Yeah, I see a lot of, uh, especially doctors starting to lay out more textbooks and education curriculum, and I think this is great, but then who's vetting their insight? It's all like trickle-down information. I think we're going to obviously see a, a much greater increase in research studies using uh, humans, you know, first-hand clinical applications, uh, hopefully, with, um, you know, the, the next tier of this industry's acceptance, whether it be in the U.S. or otherwise. I think, you know... Um, 
that's what you know the, the, the interesting plays that are happening in the political arena with the DEA letters, which I know you've had up to your ears and eyeballs with these comments from the DEA around cannabidiol and C, you know CBD. Um, but to me, it's still a lot to figure out. I don't think there's anyone that really knows definitively yet how this is going to unfold in the United States. There's a few different plays or ways or scenarios. I'm sure you've evaluated all of them. Um, you know, is there one that, you know, obviously I'm a big grow your own rights. You know, like everyone should be able to at least have a few plants for their own salads. Let's put it that way. Cause to me, it's an herb or a plant, a vegetable. But if you go to a certain level of production, then you need licenses and certain certifications and requirements because just like, Growing a few tomatoes is not the same as making your own sauce company and selling it commercially. There's two different things there. Um, how, how are you seeing this? I mean, again, I don't even want to really dive too much into the DEA space, but um, what, what are you advising people today? Is it a 30-day let's wait and see, 60-day wait and see, or who knows what tomorrow may bring? Well, unfortunately, I think it's, uh, you know, pack it up, see what tomorrow brings. We, got, we have to figure out which direction this goes. I mean, obviously... The Trump administration has a large agenda based on a number of campaign promises, and that usually takes place in the first 100 days. So we need to see, I, I certainly don't think cannabis is a priority for this administration, um, although we have to see if, if Donald Trump himself is going to be hands-on with his cannabis policy, and or is he going to let uh, you know the, the presumed attorney general, Jeff Sessions, who may or may not be approved in the next couple of days, Run, run ragged, and he's no fan of marijuana. So we have to see how this goes, but let's not forget that some of Donald Trump's most immediate advisors are heavy investors in the cannabis space. Right. They understand that this, this industry is regulated well, that it works, that there's no uptick in public health impact, there's no increase in teen use. Uh, in fact, in Colorado, it's down by 12%. So yeah. all of these objective factors would suggest that this industry should survive, but unfortunately, again, we got to wait to see what tomorrow brings, and I think that's after the first 100 days. Okay, awesome. All right, we're going to take one more break. I'm going to come back and wrap up a little bit, but uh, this has been awesome. Don't go anywhere. This is Doc Rao with my guest, Bob Hoban, today. Your concierge for better living on CannabisRadio.com and iHeartRadio. Be right back. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at seedtosaleshow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. 
Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the Concierge for Better Living, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back again. Final segment for today's show, which has been wonderful. And I know we could do much more than 30 minutes here with my guest today, Bob Hoban. You know, this is so much to go on. There's so much scenarios, as I was saying before. I'm always an optimist, you know, thinking of the best. And there's a lot of reasons why I should feel that way. There's so much this plant does beneficially, both, uh, I think, culturally, it has an opportunity of shifting a lot of mindset. I think economically, we know it has a big benefit to the states that have, you know, incorporated into their economy. What about global market what do you see i mean there's a lot of things going around the world obviously you know there's things in puerto rico which isn't really outside the u.s but you start seeing this outside the 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 borders a little bit mexico is i think started taking cbd hemp oil brazil uh i believe you had a big part or at least been participating in uruguay which is a personal interest of mine uh i have some projects in jamaica not in the ganja space but it's all going to be related if you know as things change what's your your thoughts on the on the global play or how that looks and how that might influence the U.S. play? Well, whether it influences or not is, is, is another question. But I think that what's what's happening outside of the U.S. should be instructive. I mean, look, you've got uh, a number of sophisticated, well-funded, top-performing countries in the world, in Europe and South America, that are looking at cannabis and, and, a, and a regulatory framework, a commercial cannabis marijuana industry. That mirrors what we're seeing in, in Washington and Colorado and ultimately California and beyond. Um, they're looking at that very, very closely, not just as a revenue stream, but as a public health and a national safety measure. Uh, that's frankly how Uruguay looked at it. Uruguay said, we've got all this black market stuff coming in from Paraguay, so why not legalize it, undercut the black market? And by the way, if we do so, our public health will improve because the stuff that's coming in from the black market, God knows what it's made with in terms of pesticides and chemicals and things of that nature. So it's a public health issue around the world, which is leading to a commercial industry. But also, we're seeing hemp, hemp-based cannabinoid extracts like CBD, all over South America, Latin America. We're seeing uh, countries say, we need 
low-priced or at least reasonably priced medicines to displace some of these pharmaceutical drugs, which frankly are addictive in most cases, we're going to use and encourage people to use cannabinoid extracts or CBD or the, uh, things, things of that nature. So that's the, the trend around the world. So whether or not the, the federal government tends to look at that and say, this is something that we should you know, jump on board the train versus fight against it, because let's face it, it was the U.S. that began that momentum in a large respect. Um, that, that remains to be seen. But uh, internationally, no matter what happens in the U.S., presents a number of opportunities for industry actors, but most importantly, opportunities for patients and, and people to get wellness products around the world. That's awesome. Yeah, especially look to our neighbors to the north. Canada is going to be uh, moving forward in some degree with a full nationwide cannabis play. And I think that's great. It's going to put even more, uh, you know, right next door neighbors kind of doing some good stuff. And we got to start paying attention. So very cool. Now, I know we are running out of time, and, and, and there's so much we could talk about. What What's some of the things that you're, gets you most excited about, or what would you want as the listeners today to know about you, or what's a takeaway? I know you have a cool blog that I recommend people checking out um, on your website, hoban.law. Uh, you keep really good some good topics and some good information that people want to know. What else do uh, you want to share while we have you on here? It's just been a privilege having you on the show today, Bob. No, it's my pleasure. Uh, so, so, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's become educated. And, you know, the, the law is what the law is, and the law sets the framework for, for certain things. But when it comes down to it, people that, that advocate for the industry and for the plant just need to become educated. Uh, our, our Facebook page, our blog on our website, some of our social media, we provide some of those sources. But there's a number of other great sources around the industry. At the end of the day, you need to be based on facts and information. You can't just be based on propaganda. Just because somebody believes and wants something to happen does not mean it should happen or could happen. You really need to, to be grounded in, in facts. And unfortunately, sometimes our own federal government's guilty of not being grounded in facts, particularly about this plant. But industry actors need to be well-educated. And that information, for better or for worse, sometimes starts with lawyers. Oh, I, I, I definitely agree. And, and it's always wise that people getting into this space to even, you know, do a consult, you know, kind of get a, get some realistic bearings, even if it's about, you know, how much is it going to cost me to set up a dispensary? And I, I get this call now and I'm sure I can send some busier way. What's going on in Florida? How can we get involved? What's it going to cost? What do I need to know? These are things, get educated, find good people that are credible and good websites that have good information. And, and then, you know, go for, make those decisions from an educated standpoint. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, What's uh the year has just began? So uh, what what's exciting on, on your deck coming up in the near future? Well, we, we've got some further expansion of the law firm. Uh, we've got an expansion into a, a consulting project, uh, which is more uh, business centric and compliance centric. We've done applications in in all of the cannabis friendly states and and have won in the vast majority for our clients in those those jurisdictions. So we're looking to expand that. Really, just help people understand. Unfortunately, there are a number of consultants that serve the industry that brand themselves as experts. And it's not hard to call yourself an expert in an industry that's only been around for less than 10 years in terms of a commercial legal enterprise. Be wary of those folks. Pay attention. People that, that are well-vetted and that come with good recommendations um, to help you operate a business, those are the folks you want to look for. And that's really the takeaway from all of this is 
If you want to get involved in the industry, educate yourself and surround yourself with people that are business savvy and that understand the industry. Just because someone's been involved in the industry or just because they have expertise that lends itself to the industry does not make them an expert in the industry. And again, sometimes if, if the industry was a, was a wagon wheel, the lawyers are at the center of that wagon wheel and everybody else is on the periphery. That's not to say the lawyers make everything happen, but most things come through lawyers and successful lawyers, for better or for worse, have successful operators around them. So that's really some of the, the messaging that I would, I would think that people want to take hold of. But also, you know, think about there's great opportunity, regardless of what happens with the Trump administration. There's great opportunity in this industry to help people, not just make money, but to help people. And that's really where it started anyway. I'm glad you were wrapping in that because that's where I was going to go on this end is that, and if you think you're going to jump in and be a multi, multi-millionaire tomorrow, uh, you watch too much TV. People that get in this industry are in it. They work hard. They're dedicated. And they, most of them, not all of them, but the, the ones that are doing it well and I believe are going to stay around, do it for a greater purpose than just making money. They want to genuinely help people. They want to see this plant be freed, uh, whether it be hemp, which has so much value, so much potential, and so many uses to medicinal you know, cannabis or different cannabinoids. You know, Industry, medicine, we, we, we need this plant desperately. And again, I thank you again, Bob, for all your hard work and uh, definitely a lot more opportunities to collaborate in the near future. So thanks again for your time. It's been a pleasure. Hoban.law, right? Check it out. Bob Hoban, H-O-B-A-N. If you don't know, now you know. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks again, Bob. Happy New Year. And uh, look forward to seeing you in the very near future. Thanks, Dr. Rob. Best of luck with everything. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Uh, likewise. So this is Doc Rob, your concierge of better living, saying goodbye for now. Wonderful episode. Stay tuned. Listen to the back ones. Check out the new ones coming here on CanvasRadio.com and iHeartRadio. Wishing you all the best in health and happiness. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.